Okay, we are live. Welcome Hello. to Table Chat, everybody. Uh, and Mallory, nice to nice to see you. Nice to yeah. be able to chat with you today. Always nice um, to be here. Yeah. So um, this is the penultimate uh, Table Chat Live <laughs> that we'll do. I'm using that word as much as I can. Right, you got to. Uh, yeah. The penultimate uh, Table Chat Live that we'll do around uh, our Sermon on the Mount series. Uh, and this one is uh, responding to last Sunday's sermon, which was all about, it's basically the end of the Sermon on the Mount. We're going to do one more um, kind of recap on Christ the King Sunday next Sunday um, that Matt's going to preach, um, because all of this is focused on Jesus, who is the King that we are seeking to sub submit ourselves to. So anyway, um, this last part of the sermon uh, is where Jesus doesn't really introduce any new teaching, uh, but rather um, just tells us what to do with it. Um, so anyway, before we get into it, Mal, do you want to read uh, the verse? This is Matthew 7, yes. 13 through 29, yeah? Yes. Um, so Matthew 7, verse 13. Um, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you away from me you evil therefore everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who has built his house on the rock the rain came down the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand the rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teacher of the law. Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Um, there is uh, a little bit of uh, delay. Uh, in the, there's some internet connectivity issues, uh, Mallory, FYI. So if, uh, if those continue and we're unable to have the conversation, we'll just, uh, we'll have to try to record this later. Um, and we'll, uh, we'll go from there. So hopefully uh, we'll be okay. <laughs> uh, so here was my, um, <laughs> I preached this last Sunday and here was my proclamation of good news. Every, every Sunday we've got a, um, kind of a, a phrase, um, a certain group of uh, ideas and sentences, a proclamation uh, that we try to repeat uh, several times throughout the sermon. This was, this was mine. In a world that runs on the superficial status games of impressions and clicks and likes, Jesus opens the way for us to actually participate 
in God's new way of being human, living out the politics of love and justice in our bodies and in our relationships by simply putting his teaching into practice, trusting God's power to meet us in our weakness. So that was the proclamation. And um, I think what was behind this for me is as I, you know, I come to the end of the Sermon on the Mount here and I I see, I mentioned this in the sermon, but I, I see Jesus almost doing the, the, the those old inspirational, those kind of jokey inspirational videos by Shia LaBeouf. And he's like, <laughs> just do it. Don't let your dreams be dreams. And like, you know, he's like just trying to encourage you really, really hard, you know, to just do it. Um, and that, I almost see Jesus doing that here, right? Where he's saying like over and over these illustrations are, you know, it's of, uh, it's two two ways. And one, you have to be intentional, you know, to co- go through the narrow gate. And then in each successive illustration, it becomes obvious that what Jesus is talking about, the way that you go through the narrow gate is not by believing the right things, but by putting his teaching into practice, by actually getting it into your body, getting it into your relationships, actually living it out. And each of those illustrations, he's, he's talking about, you know, the, the, the false prophets are those who, um, you know, they say, Lord, Lord, didn't we, didn't we do all the impressive stuff in your name? But he said, no, you never knew me because you didn't, you didn't, you're just like the Pharisees, essentially. You were just performing things for the sake of status. You were just performing things for the sake of kind of um, upholding this status game. And so um, I, I was just thinking about that, and I was realizing, I think, I think there's a lot of uh, temptation, especially in the West, um, for us to think that we've got it if we like mentally understand something. Yeah. Or if we're like, I'm part of the right group, or I go to the right church, or I'm, I'm really glad that my church teaches these things. And we think that actually participating in them just means like listening to the sermon and nodding our heads yeah. or, you know, coming to communion or, or like, we just think it involves kind of the performance uh, of, of some of these things. And I think what Jesus is saying here is like, you, you actually have to do something with your body or you're not putting my teaching into practice. It has to be in your body it has to be in your relationships because, again, politics has to do with bodies and with power, and it has to do with relationships. And so unless you're putting his teaching into practice there, you're not actually doing anything. Um, you're, you're, you're making the same mistake as the Pharisees and scribes. So that was the first thing that I was thinking, and that's why I think I, I wrote about impressions and clicks and likes. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, in our kind of social media-saturated world, there is a, there's a ton of temptation to think, that that's kind of our work is done here. I made an Instagram post, uh, you know, and <laughs> yes. told the world how I feel, you know, like I'm done. And so, you know, I wanted to get that, you know, it, this has to get into our bodies and into our relationships. And then secondly, um, that feels daunting, I think, because we're very aware that we're going to fail as we do those things. And that, that though, I wanted to say that's the place where we encounter God's power is in our weakness, yeah. our inability to, to do those things. And so we wanted to, I, I want to just emphasize that as we get these things into our bodies and into our relationships, like living out Jesus' teaching is oftentimes feels like I'm going to try something impossible now, <laughs> right? Um, but, and trust that God's power is going to meet me uh, to be able to do this. So loving my enemies, for example, like it might be impossible right now in the moment for me to feel affection and love towards my enemies, but something I can do in my body and in relationship to my enemy is to rather than inwardly condemn them or sarcastically make a remark about them on social media or whatever it might be, 
rather than do that, what I can do is pray for them, like which yeah. is what Jesus explicitly asks me to do. I can actually do that with my body. I might not feel it. I might not like it. I might not enjoy it, but I could pray for my enemy. And in that act of, of weakness, right? Saying, Lord, I, like, I don't want to do this, but I want to want to do this. Um, yeah. That is actually the encounter where God actually transforms us uh, so that we can actually live out the politics of Jesus. But if we're not yeah. putting it into practice in our bodies, in our relationships, then we're not actually participating in the politics of Jesus. That was the point. Yes. Yeah. It's funny, like hearing you say that and you talking about, you know, trying to, trying to do stuff and trying to lean into stuff. Like, I think that's the invitation too of good news that there isn't this hierarchy of like, you know, the Beatitudes weren't these checklists to, to lean into, you know, Jesus was just saying, I've given you everything you need. You don't need smarts. You don't need to, you know, do be, 50 slashes if you get it wrong, like none of that, like <laughs> yeah. all you have to do is try and say yes and lean into this because yeah. I've equipped you to do that. No checklists, no hierarchies, like you're free to just participate. Yeah. Um, and I think in our culture, in the American dream, it's like, but what else? You know, mm-hmm. there's always that like hand behind your back. Like mm-hmm. there's, this has got to be harder than just showing up right and just mm-hmm. saying yes. Um, so when you say yeah. that, I hear the good news of all I have to do is say yes to Jesus. And like, yeah, that is good. Yeah. <laughs> that is good yeah. work. Yeah. I like that you brought it back to the Beatitudes because I, I think that's um, this is the this is the flip side of the good news that this is for everybody. Right. So the Beatitudes are like Jesus is saying, hey, you don't you don't need to be a powerful politician to participate. You don't have to be rich. You don't have to be wealthy. You don't have to be anything like you people that you thought were hopeless and unblessable and outside the realm of God's grace. Like here here it is. The kingdom's coming to you. You're in first place, you know, like uh, Spencer preached on this, where like the people who thought they were left out are actually finding themselves first in line to, to receive God's blessings. And so that, like, that's wonderful news that we're included. But then the flip side of that is, so you can actually do this. Like you can actually participate. This isn't just a passive receiving. This is an active participation. And, and again, you don't need any prerequisites to do this. You don't need money. You don't need power. You don't need wealth. Like you don't, you don't need status. You can just do this. Um, and, and put it, put it right into practice. Because I, I think the danger is we turn it's, I mean, this is ironic, but we could turn the Sermon on the Mount into a new status game right? where, you know, we're like, you know, we're the kind of Christians that believe the Sermon on the Mount, but then it like, it, but unless it actually shows up, you know, like, how, how do I know I believe it? Um, well, I have to, it has to get into my body, has to get yes. into my relationships. Yes. Um, so Yes, it really, I mean, it really is a temptation to be like, oh, now that I really get it, now that I've got the right hermeneutic, Uh here we go. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I'm, I'm going to create a club where like the people who really get it, we're at the top. Yeah. Like we're at the top of the club now. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, I was thinking about, um, I just thought of this, like, you know, you're, you help to lead our DNA groups um, at the table, Mallory. I'm sure you were aware of this, I did. Um, but, but, you know, the practice our, our six practices, right. That we, that we walk people through, um, we detect Kairos, we dig with compassionate curiosity. We discern lies, bad news that we believe we declare good news. Right. And then the, the fifth practice is do. 
And that doing, like I find myself uh, emphasizing this a lot in my DNA groups, is that it has to be it has to be in my body, and it has to be in my relationships, or I'm not really doing it. I think I think the temptation that I see a lot in DNA groups, I'm not sure if you see this as well, is to think that the way that we respond to good news is to like, mm, I'm going to think about that yes. some more, or I'm going to really try to like burn that into my skull. Like I'm going to get it into my head so bad that it like just, you know, starts living itself out. But I always have to encourage people, no, actually what you need is a very simple, doable, something like some kind of thing to do this week with your body in your relationships as an embodied act of trust. And if you can do that, well, that then you're believing good news. You're actually believing it. You don't need to feel like you believe it. You don't need to be certain of it mentally, but you just need to take this step. Yes. Yeah. I think there's so much like trauma work is like, Mm. I don't know that we ever like cognitively understand our trauma. Like there's Mm. so many unknowns of like, why did this person murder this person? Like, I can't understand that. Right. Like I'm never going to empathize with those actions. Um, But there's so much work and good work to be done in feeling what Mm. came from this like bad experience or these bad news strands that we've adopted. Mm. And I think so something I'm learning for myself and for a lot of my friends around me, it's like understanding the gospel mm. that, I mean, it does good work. Right. But like, like you said, like getting it in my body to touch these places that I don't know how to understand, yeah. like that's the only way to fully receive that good news. Um, yeah. like from God. Yeah. Yeah. It has to, yeah, that's interesting. You bring up trauma. I mean, I'm, I'm learning a lot about this, uh, right now. Um, I'm not, I'm not a professional counselor. Um, but what I'm learning about, what I'm learning about trauma is that it's, it's stuff, it's these traumatic experiences that get embedded in our bodies. Right. And because we, because our bodies are scared to feel those feelings, we like our bodies are afraid we're going to die because of that. Um, like these things get the, uh, the responses that we have to life are just this automatic bodily avoidant, it's fight or flight. Right. And so we're avoiding these things. Um, and part of what I'm learning about trauma is that, um, you can't think your way out of it, Yep. right? You can't like just have a rational thought, you know, you can't interrupt your, your trauma with rational thinking because it's like that part of your brain's offline. And the only way to get at it is through the body. Right. And so that's, that's why they, you know, come up with all these kind of techniques that feel weird. Like why does moving my eyes back and forth release trauma? Well, it's, it's something you're, it's just something that's happening in your body that's affecting your brain somehow. Like, and yes. it's funny because the researchers don't even seem to understand it. <laughs> They're like, we right. don't know why it works, but yes. it works, but there has to be this body practice, right. In order to get the trauma out. Yes. Yeah. It's my soapbox belief <laughs> that David was who he was before the Lord, because he shared so many tears. I think tears hmm. have been neglected of of being such a holy experience hmm. and the good work that they do in receiving and mm. like, like downloading the goodness from God. Yeah. And I think I'm learning that for myself. And I think being in community with others who are kind of learning the same thing, it's like, we've really neglected how much, you know, God created us as these full bodied humans. Yeah. So like, yes, I need to understand things cognitively that does good work, but I also mm-hmm. need to feel things and I need to right. engage my body with them. And I think it does such good work to open space, to be able to do that 
um, mm. so that he gets, you know, fully in, fully in here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. No, that really, it, yeah. that's a really good way of putting it. Um, yeah, it's interesting what you say about David and, and tears. Um, I, I feel like for a long time, like my, my, my history has been that I, I've not paid attention to my feelings probably as much as I should, because it wasn't very convenient for me to do so. Right. You know, like my whole MO was like, I'm going to be competent. I'm going to be able to kind of help you with your stuff and emotions just get in the way of that. Like, if yes. I, you know, and so I, I, my rationale. Thing. I, I gotta be <laughs> rational. I gotta, you know what I mean? That kind of thing. And so that, that has been my experience, like uh, in contemplative prayer um, and just in prayer over the last, I don't know, decade or so, like they're, they're oftentimes just tears come. And I, I used to kind of wonder like, why is this happening? But now I'm like, yeah. I, there's no answer. I have no idea. Like, I, I think yeah. it's just part of, I probably stored a lot of them up <laughs> from yes. spending, spending too many years, not really, uh, not really crying. So, um, yes. but there's something about it that's allowing that to happen that, um, is cathartic. Um, but also yes. I think is a place of encounter, you know, with the Lord. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, speaking of, uh, I wanted to just maybe, uh, we can maybe move into talking about this prayer exercise that you have developed uh, for us. I want I want you to introduce it, and then we'll um, we'll we'll have another time that we're going to record you actually leading people through it. So if they want to like play it like an audio file that you can play, and Mallory will lead you through a prayer exercise. So that sounds <laughs> I'll get my best cool voice in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> clear yes. your throat a little bit. Yeah, bring some water. Yes. Um, but I want to I want to talk about that because I think that is a really practical thing that um, that a lot of us can do. There's a there's a couple reasons that I feel like this is important. One, uh, we're in the middle of a pandemic, or at least I think we're in the middle. Like like that's part of it is like how long is this going to last? Nobody really knows. <laughs> uh, vaccine maybe on the way. Like we don't really know. But we're we're in the, we're in this situation that none of us would have chosen. And and part of the part of the pain of this situation is the lack of physical proximity and physical touch, right? Yeah. It's dangerous to hug people. It's dangerous to get close to people. And so we're elbow bumping or waving at each other from across the room. We are covering our faces and so we can't see, um, we can't see smiles and facial expressions in the same way that we used to. And it's all kind of creating this disconnect uh, relationally that, uh, I think we have to pay close attention to, or um, it's going to, I mean, it has affected us already and it can't not affect us. So mm -hmm. that's one of the things I'm noticing. Um, and I think this, this uh, prayer practice can be a, an intentional way for us as a community in community. You can do this together with like a DNA group, or you can do this by yourself, but it's a way for us to intentionally just check in with our bodies, with what's happening so that we can, um, meet the Lord there. Because yeah. um, I, th I think that's really important. One of, I'll just say this, and then I, I'd, I'd love to hear you talk a little bit about the exercise and just introduce us to it. Um, one of the things that um, we're realizing as a family right now is that we, um, we're kind of suffering from this as well. So even though I work from home most days and my, my two high schoolers are here at the house, like there is still this tendency for us to kind of drift to our own spaces, kind of do our own thing. And so because there's this, this drift happening and because there's all, like all their school is virtual, like we spend so much of our time looking at screens, there's this disembodied thing that's happening for us and this isolation thing. And so one of the things we just decided to do last night, 
was every every day when Deb Deb uh, works most days and gets home around one forty-five or two, and every day when she gets home from work, the girls are done with school around that time as well. We're going to do a family check-in every single day, and so and what that involves is we're just going to intentionally like touch each other and give each other hugs and back rubs and like and That's kisses great. and you know what I mean? Like we're yeah. just going to like, we're going to say, okay, time for like family love. And so yes. <laughs> we're going to be like, we have to touch each other and like, remember that we're alive and tell each other that we love each other and check in on how, how's your day been going so far. Yes. And so we're going to do that 15 minutes every day at two o'clock. Um, so anyway, it could be something that I want to say, like your, your body practice could be something as simple as that. Like that is in my mind, we're putting into practice the politics of Jesus in that very, very simple way. Yeah, uh, because we are—it's in our bodies, it's in our relationships. We're um, we're we're reminding one another of the love that we have for each other, and we're practicing that love in this really practical way. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that felt important for us. So yeah, that's beautiful. I love it. Yeah. So tell tell us a bit about this prayer exercise, um, kind of where it came from, and and what it involves, and yeah, like uh, I've been through it once, and I've led others through it another time. And so I can say a couple things about it too. Yeah. Ooh. Um, nice little yawn there for you. I, uh, <laughs> it's my body practice real quick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. Um, yeah. So we were just talking, uh, we meet every week as a staff, uh, you know, this, and, mm-hmm. uh, we just were talking about what the pandemic has cost us and, kind of Mm -hmm. like what you said, like, are we in the middle? Is this the end? Is this the beginning? Like what is happening? And I think with summer, we kind of got this break where, you know, we could be together outside. Like we couldn't, we still couldn't touch each other and, Mm -hmm. you know, everything wasn't regular, but, um, we just realized like, okay, we're going into winter and the ways that we could connect with each other, these creative ways, like they're going to get fewer. Mm -hmm. Um, and so how do we, how do we care for one another and how do we participate in this and how do we stay connected together as a body? Um, and we just kind of started talking through some of the good work. Um, this was a few weeks before you preached this, but I feel like you kind of gave us, you know, some of that good news already of like how important it's going to be for us to be connected to our bodies. Um, and I've done some of this work, uh, in other areas of my life and just realizing, you know, kind of touching back on my soapbox for, uh, David, you know, I really am starting to believe, um, like tears are holy and realizing Mm -hmm. there's so much grief that has come from the pandemic. There's been so much loss. And I feel like our bodies kind of have, uh, somewhat of this, like, uh, you know, withdrawal and like deposit in, just realizing there's not much that we've been able to deposit in this season. And that's why it's been so hard. Mm. Um, and so I think trying to find a way for us to connect with where we're at, um, with where, you know, what have we lost being able to name it explicitly, Mm. uh, and mourn it. Cause I think I realized for myself, like moving things through my body has been very important for me. Um, Like when I'm anxious, a lot of times I'll go do like a tedious task. Like I'm going to go rake the leaves and like, I'm going to move this frustration through my body because if I don't, I just store it for later. Right. Like it's in there and it's coming out some way and it's either on my husband (laughs) or I'm going to get some leaves, (laughs) raked up. you know, so just realizing how, yeah, like realizing how like, uh, 
good it is to feel what we feel, not having to trust them, um, but realizing that they're windows into our hearts and that they are signifying something going on within us. Um, and so we kind of uh, brainstormed doing this Green Together in Community and how would we do it? And mm-hmm. um, yeah, this little uh, practice was was birthed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm really yeah. grateful for for you writing it. Um uh just based on yeah, experiences and um uh I guess uh practices that you've had uh, in the past. So uh, it was really helpful. Mallory led us through it. Um you led us through like the DNA group leaders in our church um got to experience it a few weeks ago and then I've led um I think some some DNA groups have been through this already, um but others haven't. Um but if even if you're not in a DNA group, um I put a link to it in the chat. Um, if you're watching on Facebook, uh, if you're listening to this later, um, this, the link to this will be in the show notes, uh, as well, but it's a, it's a body prayer exercise for grieving in a pandemic. Um, and you can do it again alone or together with others. Uh, it's just a downloadable kind of sheet of instructions on how to do it. And as we mentioned earlier too, um, we're going to have Mallory, um, probably tomorrow sometime Friday, um, have Mallory record, uh, just, kind of going through the exercise uh, as well, which I think rather than reading through it and trying to do it yourself, it actually would be a really helpful way to have somebody else lead you through it. Um, and so anyway, Mallory did a great job leading us through it. So I thought, let's just record Mallory leading people through it. And you can download that as well. That'll eventually be on that same page that I linked to um, once we get that recorded. So, Well, Mallory, anything else to say? Any other kairoses that came up for you in this or... I'll be good. Um, I think we're good. I think, okay. uh, yeah, I mean, yes, we're good. Pandemic's weird, so you're always kind of like half giving an answer. You're like, I'm okay, but I'm not okay, and I think right. that's, that's the new okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, I'm okay, meaning I'm not okay in the same way I think that everyone else is not okay. Yes, you know? so yes. Like, no, nobody's okay, but like every once in yes. a while, we're like way, way more than not okay, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah, yes. that is true. That is true. It's it's a weird time. And winter, we do feel that sense of, uh, I keep, uh, you know, the, fra- the phrase from Game of Thrones, keeps going, winter is coming. Like uh, <laughs> that keeps coming, going through my head because it does feel uh, looming. It gets dark so early. Um, yes. You know, things are, we're probably going to have to move online and it's, we're going to few see fewer and fewer people and the pandemic is starting to surge. And so that it's getting more and more dangerous to see people. And so yes. I just feel like this is a, a, this, this practice can be a lifeline for us uh, in the midst of what might be a really difficult winter for a lot of yeah. us. So. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Hoping to utilize it a few times. I think yep. my, my instinct as an Enneagram one is like, check the box, cried once. Everything's fine. Yeah, <laughs> yes, I think uh, the pandemic. And I think is I did a pretty me. good job of it too. Right, yeah. <laughs> little star for me. <laughs> yeah. um, yes, I think the pandemic is realizing or making yeah. me realize. Uh, you know, sometimes it's okay to you know not check all the boxes. Maybe you need yeah. to marinate a little bit. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, yeah. I think the par- the pandemic too for me. Like I'm an Enneagram one too, and so I've got these high standards for myself and for everybody else. Unfortunately. Um, but it's like, it's allowed me, <laughs> I keep getting these messages, you know, um, that it's like, Hey, everybody's, everybody's just struggling right now. And I'm, you know, I'm struggling, you know, to be as productive as I want to be. 
Um, there's some days it just doesn't feel like I can do much. And so I'm like, man, am I depressed? And I mean, you know, maybe I am, but, um, but I think there's just more permission on days like that to go, you know what? Everybody's probably a little bit depressed. Like this really, yes. really is hard. And so, yes. so yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Hopefully well, Mallory, this practice like leads some grace for that. Oh, yes. our, our cutoff there. <laughs> yeah. I think there's a little delay in our conversation. So yes. it's making things a little weird. <laughs> But yes, I heard you say the um, that this this practice I think can be one of those ways to just stay in touch with your body and you know yeah. if you're having an an unproductive day and you can't get anything done, try this. Maybe there's something uh, in your body that needs to be moved through. So, yeah. all right. Well, Mal, thanks yes. for joining me uh, today for table chat, and uh, we'll yeah, we'll talk pleasure. again. We'll talk again soon. All right. See you, everybody. All right. Peace.